You're listening to a podcast from 702. Of course, as the, the announcement of the new NEC was made, uh, it was interesting to note people who've had, uh, I don't know, uh, charges around them, uh, people whose uh, reputations uh, are worth asking questions about. Uh, certainly the likes of Mduduzi Manana, we know that of course Bongani Bongo is accused uh, of uh, trying to bribe the, le- the evidence leader in that parliamentary inquiry, Faith Mutambi, Museven Zizwane, Batabile Tamini. Those people have made it onto the list. So it's really very interesting to see how it all pans out. Joining us now on the line is the Reverend Frank Chikana, somebody who's been at the centre of this kind of situation before. Thank you for for your time, Reverend, and uh, welcome to the Afternoon Drive. Thank you, and good afternoon to your listeners. So firstly, what's your response to, I don't know, shall we call them the new new top 86? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the conference has elected the people they could elect, and together with the top six, uh, the the position, as you know, of the veterans and stalwarts was that you should elect people who can turn around the organization. Did they? And cha- turn around the organization, change the trajectory of the organization, Revd- deal with the issues of corruption and yeah. state capture, all those issues that really affected the image and credibility of the organization, those are the issues they need to deal with before the elections come because the people will judge them on the basis of what they do with what has happened this far. Have they elected leaders who will do those things? You know, that, that conference, you'll realize the outcomes. I mean, we need to be very uh, historical. You remember in Polokwane, you had 40, 60 uh, margin, and you went to Mangaung, you had a 70, 30. That's why that executive that was 70, 30 could not act against any you know, misdemeanors of the organizations or individuals because they had 70% majority in that executive. I think what has happened now is to reduce that dramatically into a, a balance that will force people to deal with these issues. And I think for me, that's the outcome of that election. They call it unity type of election. You've got people on both sides, but now they can engage each other. It's not just 70% people who support the wrong things. All right, let me, let me, let me just take you back to the period uh, immediately after Pulukwane. Really, uh, I want you to give me the sense of the months building. No, we've got you. We've still got you. Hello, Reverend. Hello, Reverend. Are you there? Ah, we've lost uh, Reverend Frank Chigan. I do want to try and pick up uh, the rest of this conversation uh, a little bit later on if we get him back on the line. I want him to give us a sense of what that eight months as they built up, as they led to September, and of course those eight days that he famously wrote about in his book. Uh, because if there is to be a recall, uh, no one knows better what that process will feel like from the other side than Reverend Frank Chigan. 
702. Afternoon Drive with Wongani Bingwa. Live. Online. The 702 app. DSTV. And 92.7 and 106 FM. It's 27 minutes before 4 o'clock. Of course, before we took uh, the business break, we were speaking to Reverend Frank Chigane, uh, really just trying to reflect back on the days after Pulugwane. He, more than most, will know what it's like to operate in, ad- in an administration that isn't necessarily, uh, shall we call it, uh, at, at the center of power. Uh, because, of course, in the aftermath of uh, Pulugwane, that conference, Jacob Zuma became president of the ANC and all those people who'd been aligned to Tabombegi, uh, the then president of the state, uh, were basically moved out of the way. So uh, we lost him on the line there as we were talking to him. I'm glad to say we do have him back. Uh, Reverend, uh, welcome back. Uh, let's just pick up from where we left off then. I was saying that you know more than most what it was like to live through that period where uh, really there were two centers of power uh, did, mm. did you did the administration operate on the basis that you would serve out your term completely or did you consider the possibility that there would be some kind of move to remove president Mbeki from the seat of power well by the way i have two experiences one experience is the transition from mandela to Mbeki. Right. And I, and I managed that transition. And Mandek was elected 18 months before. We used the 18 months to prepare for the election when they go to an election and prepared for the transition the last six months. And that was managed perfectly. Some people have forgotten that we did have a transition. But there was a good relationship between Becky and Mandela. Yes, of course. And Mandela wanted that transition to happen smoothly. So I worked as director general with Professor Jake Herbert to make it happen. The second was the transition from Becky uh, to Halima Mutante, which was short and then to um, um, President Zuma. That was rough because at the beginning, you've got this election in Polukwane, and it's a hostile type of takeover. And from there on, the relationships are not good. The intention is to remove the president. So it didn't have... So, it so you felt it immediately. You, 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 so hang on, sorry to cut in there. You felt it immediately, the sense that Thabo Mbeki was going to be removed because uh, he hadn't won at the conference. Was that immediately clear to you? Uh, no, it was clear that he will be removed, but I knew it's going to be a difficult transition uh, because the, the relationships were like zero. I mean, that's, that's what that election was about. <clears throat> and therein after, nothing happened that needed them to act against Mbeki, except that Polukwana had happened. And my book uh, deals with this matter quite clearly. Yes, of there course. There were well, no problems within government. There was no radical change of policy. Uh, the management of government was intact, but they wanted him out. You remember, uh, they used the case which was thrown out at the appeal court. Yes. which made a finding that was really a political finding, not a legal finding. And therein after removed him, and then, of course, the court turned it up, turned, you know, I mean, um, uh, their own appeal, it was thrown out, 
But Mbeki was out at that point. Yes, you talk about it in your book, uh, you know, those eight days in September. Ngoku was the rallying call, wasn't it? Um, What should have been learned in that moment? I mean, if there is to be a recall of this president, uh, what mistakes were made there that shouldn't be repeated now? I mean, uh, there's always been this issue that you had 80 members of a political party removing a sitting Mm -hmm. president through means that were outside of parliament. Now, we know President Mbeki chose not to fight. Uh, What would happen in a scenario in which this president takes uh, a different position? Yeah, I mean, the first first lesson is that people should not act in an opportunistic way. I mean, the use of that judgment, which was very faulty, was very opportunistic. The second thing is that when you recall a president, you've got the, the right as a power to recall, but you can't force the president out because that amounts to a coup. And I deal with it in the book that once you give the president a deadline to say, we want your letter of resignation by this date or time, then it becomes a coup. Um, and, and so they, anybody who does it must handle it within the constitutional requirements of the country. Do you think JZ would do the same as Tabombeki, choose not to fight should the hour come? I, I don't know. But what I know is what Mbeki's approach. Mbeki's approach was, um, if my party wants me to leave, I shall do so. And when they actually said deadline seven o'clock on Sunday that week, and we were saying, but that amounts to a coup, he said to us, please give them the letter. I don't want one soul to die because of me. And because they had said to him, um, the, 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 the feeling, the tempers are high there and that he must deliver the letter. Then he said, give them the letter. I don't want one soul to be hurt because of me, uh, because I'm not here for myself, but I'm here for the people. All right, uh, Reverend Frank Chikane there on the line, reflecting on that uh, moment, that build-up to the recall of President Tabombeki by the ANC after losing Pulukwane. What do you think? Do you think that uh, Jacob Zuma would do the same, leave in the same way that Tabombeki did, uh, saying if that's what his party wanted, so be it? Or do you think he will fight to the death? I did say in my introduction, of course, Tabombeki was never facing the prospect of possibly uh, being in an orange uniform. So maybe that'll be the key difference.